back to the Boundary Corner Podcast with my partner, Brian Siegler. I am Curtis Wilson. And tonight, folks, we have a very special guest joining us to talk some hokey football and other things in between. We were looking a few weeks ago, and we're like, we need somebody who's a Virginia Tech football fan. We need somebody <clears throat> who's an alumni of the school. We need somebody who donates his hard-earned money. We need somebody who sponsors athletics. And we need somebody who lives and works in Blacksburg. And there's only one. And Brian, I'll let you introduce him. Uh, King Jeremy Counts of Blacksburg, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremy, how the hell are you, man? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing a lot better after a few of these whiskeys. It's been a rough few days. Yes, oh. it has, buddy. Yes, it has. <laughs> um, really, since kind of Sunday night into Monday, we've kind of had all this coaching talk, and then things started coming out, and now... You know, we had the uh, the Wit press conference, we had the signing day press conference, and now we're sitting here. Um, we're officially fully into uh, transfer portal season. So we've we've kind of lived an entire like off season in about three days here. So I think everybody's uh, stress level is a little high right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Top that and buying a house this week, so that's fucking great. We've got all. <laughs> oh, of this bullshit going down and it's a roller coaster. It is a shit roller coaster and it has went off the fucking rails. It is like whenever that person got launched from the fucking slingshot and pigeon forge onto the highway. That's what I feel like right now because it is all over the goddamn place. Ladies and gentlemen, Hokie Nation is now the person that got launched into the pigeon forge highway. <laughs> we, we, we are scattered on the concrete. We are, getting run over by rednecks coming from everywhere to have a great time in Pigeon Forge. Um, Man, I love Hillbilly Mecca. It's my me favorite Me too. Place. Mountain coasters are the best. Yeah, dude. I go into Gatlinburg, fucking Hillbilly Mecca. Like, I, me and Emily got married there. Like, Hell yes. We, oh. but technically, Marnie, who was my best friend, I always said he could marry me. He wasn't able to marry us because the Virginia laws are weird because he lived in Kentucky right now. Like, that's where he lives. So he couldn't technically marry us in Virginia because our laws are dumb. And so <laughs> me and Emily, we got we got Redneck Hitch in Gatlinburg at Ober Gatlinburg and went Hell down yeah. and did much moonshine afterwards. So, yeah, that was great. So we were married for like a week uh, before we were like yeah. at the ceremony and stuff. So. Okay. Okay. It's it's hilarious though, that Jeremy talks about his wife. Cause you know, we started this podcast and not long after, you know, Jeremy with sons of Saturday and some other guys, you start listening to us and you slide into our DMS with some shit. <laughs> I slid right in there. You did slide right in. It was very nice. But then all of a sudden, you know, things here and there in one Sunday morning, he pops us a picture of something he's doing with his wife. And I sit there and I'm like, holy shit, this girl looks so fucking familiar. So I hit Jeremy back. Hey, Jeremy, is your girl from Virginia? <laughs> he's like, yeah. Listen, man, I know this is really random. Is she by chance from Halifax County and Jeremy? She is. Can confirm. 
he was born and raised in Halifax County. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, Jeremy, that's where me and Brian grew up. How, you know, how old is your wife? He tells us how old she is. We're not going to mention that because she's not going to kick me whenever she sees me in the near future in Blacksburg. 33. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not us. We're off the hook. <laughs> us. So it's hilarious. She actually, I was graduated already, but she was in high school when Brian was in high school. A few four days later, me and Jeremy are chit-chatting back and forth about fraternities. And he's an Alpha Sig at Tech. I'm an Alpha Sig at Longwood. Hey. So it's like over these course of these last few months, it's like, Jesus, Lord, the more we talk with Jeremy, it's like we have a ton in common with this guy. We got to have him on because if you guys don't follow Hokie Pharmacists on Twitter, you need to. So everybody listening, stop, pause, go follow him. When you're in Blacksburg, go by the Main Street Pharmacy, give him a visit during game days. I'm sure he's got a bunch of stuff in there you need for after the game. Oh, yeah. I probably won't be there on game day, but <laughs> someone will be. I call Jeremy the extreme rational fan. Like, you're yeah. rational when you come to your takes, but you're very extreme with how you put those takes out there. I'm very logical, but I'm also <laughs> really passionate in my logic, if that makes sense. You said absolutely. It's funny because speaking of Twitter, like people have been acting like, yeah, I'm normally really positive, but they they're acting like I've been like super negative lately, and I'm no. not. Like that's just not me. But it's been a rough month, man. What am I supposed to do? Well, be you've like, been you've been real, like all of us have. Let, let's yeah. just be straight up with it. As somebody you donate over the last few weeks, as let's start at fucking Liberty. I'm not even going to go back to Wake Forest because that's a pain in the thorny ass. Uh, I was going to write Wake Forest off. We usually have a loss like that every year. Yeah. I was just talking it up to, hey, it's us. It, it fucking <clears throat> happens. Whatever. We're moving on. And that was how I felt. And then goddamn liberty happened. <laughs> Fucking liberty happened. Yeah. And that, oh my God, that was a shit show. Like, even getting into, they shouldn't have been in the game with us. Even getting to the stupid timeout and the stupid uh, uh, defensive mess up at the end of the day uh, game, even without that, it should not have been that close. And I know yeah. like that was their Super Bowl. They were coming out and they were ready for it. You have to win those games. These are games you have to win. And I was around for, you know, the JMU loss back in the day. I was around for all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. We cannot afford to have losses like that right now. We're trying to rebuild the program. Yep. Yep. If if this was, you know, you know, talking about JMU at the time, we could recover from a loss like that, both on the recruiting front you we know, rallying the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can recover from that. It's very hard to recover from that when you're already treading water in the ACC. And that's exactly. that's where the Hokies are right now. They're treading water in the ACC. Treading yeah. water in the ACC. And then the next week, they play their nuts off against Miami. And then everybody forgets how to play in the fourth quarter. Oh, God, I was at that game. And it oh. felt the entire game felt like we, we were going to win that game. And I was like, you know what? You know, fuck the Liberty. At least we're going to beat Miami. And we're going to go on. And we're going to fucking beat UVA. And I was like, it's going to be all right. And then it just stops. It's like anytime it comes down to us having to score some points at the end, we just can't seem to fucking do it. No, but I was full force that day. I brought out the crown and the spurtle and everything. 
The turnover spurtle. The turnover spurtle and I'll the never break out. out. I'll never break out the turnover spurtle again because of that game. Because it the entire time it felt like we were winning. Yeah, it felt like we were going to win. We were going to right the wrong, but the fourth quarter happened, and we well we sucked at that one. I'm going to just yeah. keep it at that. The next yeah. week we get Pitt, and that was oh I, I was on here. Liberty was the end for me for coach. Like I'm over you. Like you you. When, when people are telling me who went to that game, like, they couldn't get the guys up. Yeah. No, you can't get the guys up to a team you should smash. Yeah. That is yeah. on you, and that is on your entire coaching staff. So, yeah. I was done with Liberty. The pit game? That's when I was really, really That good. was my Rubicon. That's, that's no, what I said. Yeah. We're past the point where I can really That was an embarrassment. I was blacked out by the <laughs> second half. I was so upset. I'm, I'm in there. I'm at Frank and Tina's house and we're sitting there and I'm downstairs and I'm with a bunch of college students down there and Reggie and Frank and Tina. And we're all watching ball game. And by the second half, when they start pulling away, I just, I'm just going at it. I finish a fifth of JMO and then I send Reggie and he brings me a bottle of Buffalo Trace. So I'm just taking pulls on Buffalo Trace. I've got these poor kids in there, and I'm just like yelling, This is why y'all gotta donate to the Hokie Club. We gotta donate, we gotta do all this. This is why this is $25 a year. We don't have enough alumni to donate. And I'm just ranting for like a solid half hour. I'm I'm making Nathan Brennan take pulls out of the Buffalo Trace with me. Hell yes. I am a I am a shit show because I'm so distraught. And I mean, I thought I was done after Miami. That was when I was just like flipped i was just like it was bad but people gotta understand like rough night on here because that night that was brian's rubicon so that night at 11 o'clock i put the kids to bed he puts the kids to bed we put the wives to bed and i'm sitting here he's he's pounding on pams and i'm sitting here and i'm pouring shots and he looks and he's like what the fuck are you doing i'm like i i don't know what else to do (laughs) (laughs) i'm just and in like 90 minutes, and I know you're close to our age. I don't drink like I used to. In about 90 minutes, I've taken about two to three shots and drank about eight beers. Yeah. Whoa. Let's just say when my four-year-old, three-year-old woke up at 6.30 the next morning, my wife is pregnant. I had to go. I was still <laughs> drunk. Glad she didn't know. Hope she doesn't listen to this episode tomorrow. So <laughs> but... Okay, so that game happens. You get blackout. We get hammered late night recording a podcast. Then the Clemson game. Then when we have a week off, then Clemson happens. And for three quarters of Clemson, it was like, okay. Where's this been? Well, it's because it was Clemson, and we were actually taking it seriously. Yeah. It's it's That's my biggest complaint is we have the talent. We have an incredibly talented team. They have to be ready, and they have to be mentally prepared for this. And you can't blame them whenever it is such a, a recurring theme with us. You have to get those kids in the right mindset. Like, they're going out, and they're playing their heart out, and they're putting their bodies on the line. It's not all on them. Like, you've got to get them in the right mindset, and yep. that is a part of coaching. Yep, absolutely. And, we, we need to get to the point where we're, we're putting the same team on the field every week. Yes. Yes. Because and right now, I have no idea what team is going to come out week exactly. to week. And generally, what I expect is we're going to play exactly to whatever our damn competition is. Yeah. And you all know me. I actually love food. Like, 
I thought Fu was a great hire. I was all for the extension. I through our two rougher seasons, it was like, okay, we pretty much got a delayed rebuild. We knew this was going to happen. Yep. I, through this, whenever we had some struggles, I was like, you know, it's COVID, it's whatever. I, it's, you know, we're we're going to get through this, but it is just, it's it's too much. This this is too much. This season was too much. They have to make those calls. And this, and I hate the people that are just like, oh, well, it's just a football game. It's just what they don't fucking have a goddamn clue. This isn't just a football game. This program is so huge to the economy here in Blacksburg. And I represent these businesses. I, I, I go, I volunteer my time on boards for these businesses. I do everything I can for this community. And I, whenever I feel like, like we're not being heard or we're not like people are not caring about it. It upsets me because the better this team does, the better it is for the economy, better it is for the school, better it is for our culture. And I think we're losing sight of our culture. And I think our cultural decline started in 2007, whenever Jim Weaver made the huge fuck up of getting rid of stick it in. That was just a huge fuck you to Virginia Tech game day culture. And yep. ever since yep. then, it's been downhill, and they've been cracking down on it forever. Because everyone goes on about SEC tailgates and this or that. Give me a fucking game day in Blacksburg any fucking day. And back in the day, it was right. goddamn wild. And that's what people don't fucking understand. And people are losing sight of that. They're losing <laughs> sight of what made us special. And it's it's heartbreaking for me to see because they don't just – they don't get it. And it's it's sad. And I'm 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 fucking done with it. Yeah. It's those true. that haven't lived it and those that didn't go through that period and see what what it was about. Those, those teams were about and Jesus. what tailgating there was about and what the, the just the whole game day atmosphere that you're talking about. Like yeah. it's electric. It's it it's fun when you're in the stadium, like it's not just about running out and jumping to salmon. It was no, four not. fucking quarters of that shit. Yeah. And I don't I feel like we've lost some of that too. It's it we used have. to be it used to be four fucking quarters of it. It used oh, to be yeah. my first game was 03. My first game was 03 UCF Labor Day weekend 330 kick. I, I like it's still ingrained in my mind. Big man's over here was 2002 Rutgers, right? Yes sir. We remember that's 17 and 18 years gone by. And when you walked into, we were, we, we, we were on prices for, cause that's where our guys tailgated. That's where our buddies who went to tech tailgated. That's where we were before we could go downtown. <clears throat> no, I never had a fake ID. I just dealt with what I dealt with. <laughs> you remember sitting there and you're partying, you're having fun, you're meeting people left and right and you feel the energy. And then all of a sudden, whatever time kickoff was, me and Brian didn't go there, but whoever did, they were like, time to go. Got to walk. Got to yep. walk to get to the stadium, to get yep. in. Yep. And as you started going, it was like this flood. It Man. was the flood because you saw the people. Like, like, the first time I went, it was just like, you, like I kind of got this feeling like, oh, okay. Every, like, everybody knows we're going to the stadium. Yeah. And you get in, you jump for the first time, you feel it. That game, though, going into the third and fourth quarters, Tech was easily winning the game. Man. It still was electric. It still was this hostility. Like, we want to beat your fucking brains in. Yes. We want to beat you by 50. And as you stated, Jeremy, 
as we got into the ACC, as 2070 takes to get in a way, it's like we got less and less nasty. Yes, we did. Unfortunately, what happened was uh, 2007 was rough for us. Uh, we came out and we had uh, the shooting that happened. Yep. And yep. that happened. And uh, that was used against us negatively uh, for years in recruiting and everything else. Uh, that happened. And then uh, we go along and, you know, they're taking away stick it in because they're, they're huge. There was just a, this huge microscope on Blacksburg at the time. And they took away stick it in because of that. That was their call. You know, they didn't want to have us, you know, out there having fun on camera. God fucking forbid that. And they take that away. And then of course, in 2007, all the Michael Vick stuff happened. Yep. So we had, Michael Vick was, you know, the the player from Virginia Tech in a lot of ways that, of course, we had like Bruce Smith and everyone from before, but Michael Vick was like this next level superstar. He was a world superstar. Yeah. He was Michael fucking Vick, and he represented us, and then he went down. So we had all these cultural hits, and Jim Weaver's taking away goddamn stick it in right in the middle of all this turmoil. And it was one of the worst decisions anyone could have ever made. And it was a huge blow to our culture. So we just took a lot of blows that year. And it was, it was rough. It, it was, it was hard to watch, but. Also and, and, that's 13, and that's 13 years ago this year. And still, you, you still think of the last 13 years, though, some ACC titles were won, bowl games were made. Um, you know, 10 win seasons happened. And what what probably irritates probably you more than us is when you hear the freaking thing of Virginia Tech has what third most living don't uh, alumni, right? Not, we got a lot, yeah. A lot. And then someone such as yourself who's really looking into it, like seeing the amount of donors and and A, what you did with that Buffalo Trace. I hope it stuck to some of those 18, like 21, 22 year old kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, these are older kids. I was there when they out in his group. Yeah, but I hope it sticks with them to simply cut a $25 check. And as you yeah. get more into your career, make it 25 two times a year, four times a year, eight times a year, 12 times a year. If that's all you can give, great. But what, where do you think that fucked up? Do you think that was Weaver's fucking That was Jim up? Weaver. That's full-on fucking Jim Weaver. Jim Weaver only cared about big donors. And, you know, that's where a good chunk of our change comes from. But Jim Weaver left us in quite a bit of a hole because Jim Weaver, to his credit, did uh, give a fuck about football. That's all he cared about, and that's kind of why we were in a hole. Uh, but he also only cared about big donors. So he didn't have this entire – he didn't realize that there's an entire base that you could tap in for donating. And he didn't capitalize on the years that we were great to get us a donor base to keep us there. And we were so behind. We we relied forever on just our name to bring recruits, to bring everyone else here. And Frank's been gone for a while now. Yep. Yep. We aren't, you know, a perennial, like, ACC – title contender we're not anymore no and back in my day 10 win seasons were expected yep that was that was expected 
Like we were always in the national conversation. That's what we were used to. And now it's just like, we don't care. And I don't mind. I absolutely love our non-revenue sports. I love all that we should be spending for that. And what I don't like is the fact that the university is choosing not to fund our football program the right way. And I know that that's changing. And Mayhole said it's changing. Everyone else has said it is changing. And we are getting more money. We've got more donors on board for a football improvement program. And we did needed to need to update a lot of the facilities. Yep. So I understand a lot of that. But we let our fucking cash cow starve in the meantime. We did not take care of our fucking cash cow. Our, what our entire culture is about. Yep. The, right the now, draw for Virginia Tech is the football team. Like that, that is the draw. If you're yeah. not eating that, then you're letting other things slowly die. They might look like they're doing okay, but they are slowly dying. Like, I love our basketball team being good. I sponsor the basketball team, and I love them. That has been absolutely wonderful to see. Buzz, I got real mad when Buzz left, but I understand why Buzz (laughs) left, and I understand, you know, he wasn't going to be here for long, but I appreciate everything Buzz did for us in the end. Everybody knew we're we're signing an assassin to get our program. (laughs) No no one ever had the expectation he's going to be here a decade. I, I kept trying to fool myself that he was. You know how I am. I'm optimistic. Even though everyone seems to think I'm fucking negative, I'm optimistic. There's a lot to be negative about right now. I mean, yeah. with every everything that's come down in the last, I mean, really starting like late October, just like one oh, thing boy. after another after another, just the hits keep coming. It's It's been fucking negative. E, e, even the most optimistic person is like, this ain't it. This ain't yeah. it. Well, hold on. The majority of people that probably we just talk with and, and us three talking amongst ourselves and other people fans were about Fuente this year was going into after last year, after the end of the season, like it's going to be OK. He, it looks yeah. like he's going to be stabilized. Yeah. Off season. Hendon's coming back as quarterback. Look like the offensive line's going to look good. Then COVID happened, but everybody had COVID. Everybody. This wasn't just like, well, state of Virginia can't do jack shit. No one could do jack shit. No one. And so we get into the season. We open up with NC State. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Braxton's God, looking- we fucking crushed them. It felt so good. <laughs> and then, like, the first six games happen, and we're kind we're of reverting, but, like, it's okay. This is what we expect. We're probably going to win four of the last – you know, four of the last five, we're going to finish in shade and three. We're on a good track. But then when all the other stuff started happening, all of us, I'm not going to say we're positive fans because we're we're not certain people who, this is okay. We're doing this. No, no, man. This, yeah. No dog. <laughs> I'm not saying names, but y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> what people coming to the team was just like, huh, huh. Well, wait a second. You know, you're not supposed to do things that way and that way. And it's not necessarily we were positive or being negative. We're more or less being realistic. And yeah. you talk about the money, and and I and I'm sure perhaps money with Witt's decision and some of the things he said came into play. It's just like you realize, and I'm still saying this. If the as bad as the all season ends, we're gonna hit the portal in a few minutes here. 
as bad as the offseason's been, attendance last year is 58,000. Down, obviously, from the glory days when all three of us were, you were going to school there. Me and Brian had our buddies there. We could get tickets, go up, watch a game, stay all weekend, party, drink. We know it came down. It came down from 62,000 in 2017 when we were nine and four, competed for the ACC, won games, competed with Clemson that night. I know we lost by 14, but that game was still a hard-fought game, 58,000. There are people within this fan base that think, oh, everybody's just going to come back next year. No, they are not going to just come back. That's not how this fucking works. And this is the point we make. You live in Blacksburg. You're right there. Easy for you. Like, I'll be there no matter what. These these casual fans, they're not coming back. And they're not coming into Blacksburg, and they're not spending their money. I'm going to be just fine. My patient base is here. I take care of this community. These other, like the restaurants and the bars downtown, they're not going to be able to fucking afford rent. Like they're struggling right now because of COVID. You come in, you give us a mediocre ass season, try to come back, and we've lost half our fucking office to the goddamn transfer portal. You think we're going to bring in fans? You think we're going to put out a ticket package that sells that well? We're not. Mm, nope. And I mean, that's the big thing. So let's let's look at it from just, you know, we're talking about game day. We're talking about promotional materials that the team's putting out. You've lost like three guys that you were featuring prominently on your 2020 promotional material yeah. to the transfer portal. Uh-huh. That can't yeah. happen. No, you can't do that. <laughs> We've never had someone just start for two years straight at quarterback. What's that tell you? <laughs> this is I, don't, I don't remember what it feels on. like. I, what does it feel like to go two whole seasons with the same starting quarterback? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I've not known for a while. We haven't known since hold on. We haven't known since Michael Brewer. God damn. No, nah, he, he missed several games. And even man. Michael Brewer got it. He got his collarbone, bro. Starting quarterback. By the way, even then, we thought we thought like those years were like the lowest Virginia Tech could ever get. Yeah, we and thought we that like, was rock bottom. Yeah, we were like, all right, it's time to replace Beamer. Let's get this new hot shot in here. Yeah, raw fucking O us. Guys, fucking idiots is what we were. We thought those years were poverty. We were still going out and upsetting like number one Ohio State. We were still feeling the good team. We thought that was fucking poverty. Look at us now. God damn. Hey, we beat UVA though. We beat UVA. Oh, we beat UVA. Yay. Hey, what what if I told you? No one cares about that. What if I told you the only reason Fuente didn't get fired on Monday? Um, in Merriman was because we beat UVA. How's that make you feel? I would have rather just lost to UVA. <laughs> Honestly, I love Fu. I like him. I, I think he's a good person. I think he's a family man. I don't think he's cutthroat enough to run a P5 program. Ooh. I just don't. All right. I think I think he's a guy that just likes to coach football. Whenever you I, I, I feel like yes. that's not good enough for a Power 5 coach. You've got to yes. be able to, you know, Cut it up with the donors. You got to be able to cut yes. a guy loose if he's not cutting mustard. You got to be See, able to crazy. engage the fans. Like yes. this shit I is think- basic just for P5. I feel like we're at a point now where, you know, Fu goes out and has a decent press conference. 
and takes responsibility for what happened on the field. And we're saying, all right, well, he cleared that fucking bar. That's a low ass bar to clear. I liked Pooh's press conference. It made me feel better. But also, I I know that this is just making me feel better. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing is. I love Thu. I think he's great, and I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's excellent. I think he's got a great offensive mind. I think that he is good at what he wants to do. Problem is, is he isn't that CEO top coach it takes to run a P5 program. And that is the issue. And whenever you've got people that are underperforming, I mean, you got to start cutting. Like, that's that's the thing. And whenever you have – multiple reports of uh, certain people, uh, certain coaches phoning it in uh, and saying the season doesn't matter. Season like, doesn't matter. Fuck him. Yes, exactly. Some sort of corn cob yeah. motherfucker. Is that? <laughs> I'm not saying any names and I'm not doing that because who knows if it is, you know, true or it's not. It's true. It's true. My thing is, is whenever you have that happening, that is a issue. That mm-hmm. is, you cannot get your kids prepared whenever you're saying this season doesn't matter. It fucking matters to me. It fucking matters to all the fans. It matters to Blacksburg. It matters to our economy. Even though people can't come, it's still good for our image. It's good for our culture. It matters. So when I hear those things, it makes me furious. And then I hear all this, and then we go into the roller coaster that has been happening the last few days, and. It has been a shitstorm, and I'm getting everything I hear, especially leading up to it. It was, I mean, it was dead on, and you all, you all know my people as much as I do. And it was the same around town. It was just like coaching change is coming. This is what we're doing. And I was like, all right. Can I ask you a question, Jeremy? Because yeah. for me and Brian, you know, we're up here in Richmond. We went to a game last year. We went downtown. We went to Sharky. We went to Tots. We parked in media. Went up to Lot 1, tailgated with some guys from back home. So that was the first time we went in a couple years. But let me ask this. Since 2018, because 2019, 2017, and 2016 were sunshine and roses. We were 19 and 8 in two seasons. You, like, we extended them. It was like – Thank you. We got him for a decade. We're going to be competing every year. Yep. Awesome. 2018 happens. What has been the mood in the town itself with, I'm sure you know, alumni and you know, business owners since that bad season, the shit that happened last year going up the Duke, what's just been the feel inside the town itself? Bad season was written off. 2018 was written off completely. I mean, people are you know, like, okay, this sucks, but you know, we just, we lost a lot, and we did. Uh, I mean, through both 2016, 2017, it was we lost a lot of our talent, yep. and we had to replace them. We had to redo a lot of things. Uh, Gerard going early was not great. Bucky going early was not great. It, it set us back a bit. I really think that 2017 season could have been really special. Uh, oh. but I don't blame Gerard, especially uh, hearing more and more. I know uh, Hendon, who hit the fucking transfer portal. I, I love you, Handy. You you go out and you be great somewhere else. I'll always root for you. But sure. Gerard, he was taking such a beating in their scheme because we use our quarterbacks like fullbacks a lot. Yep. And he was taking a beating. And that's that's a bit of an issue whenever, you know, 
you've got Gerard who had a family to think of. He went one year too early. If he would have stayed one more year, his entire life would be different. Yep. And we had abused him so much that he felt like he had to go, even though if he stayed one more year, it would have helped his draft rating. It would have helped everything. Yes, he would have broken he would have broken his own records. Gerard mm-hmm. was excellent. And to him, he was making the right decision because I think he got some bad advice. And I think it's because he was afraid he was going to get injured. And that's a problem whenever we're having our best talent, afraid that we're misusing them and we're losing out on them too early. And yep. they go on. And I mean, these are these are people's lives. And they're making these decisions based on the fact that we may actually get them hurt. Yeah. So, Maybe not run your quarterback until his body is destroyed. Well, it's like, I know we love our scrambling QBs here at Tech, but you know, well, scramble is different than running exactly. quarterback power on third and nineteen. Exactly. Like we don't it's need to asinine, do that. It's asinine when Hendon Hooker, the only two quarterbacks he was fucking behind in rushing, were the two fucking option quarterbacks at Army and Navy, and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a large margin. It was like ten carries, and you're like. The yeah. doing? And then obviously you want to get somebody fired up. Hey, Jeremy, ask Brian about third and six quarterback powers. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. I'm with you, Brian. Dude, <laughs> like, if, if you're going to make that, you're gonna make that call, call, you better but... fucking be going for it on fourth down. You better yeah. be going for it on fourth down. <laughs> yeah. When, you, you, don't, you don't know, hey, Jeremy, when they do that and then they roll out BJ for a 53-yard field goal, my my phone is going. <laughs> yep. fuck, 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 what the fuck? And I'm just like, oh, big guy's got something to say later on tonight. So okay, let's go back to Blackbird. After the Duke game, 2019 what was the feel? Not good. Duke game was rough. It was. That's the thing is we were we were honoring. Uh, God, it was the was it 99 team? 99 team, yeah. We were they made a big that. deal about Fuente not meeting with the 99 team. And then. Yes. Uh, another thing that we need to prove is uh, our former player outreach. Uh, actually said this today that uh, we should be having at least at the bare minimum, a tailgate for our former players, every single ball game. That's not much to ask. Like I know businesses that would sponsor that. I would sponsor that. I would buy all the food. I would do whatever. I'd set up a desk. They could go and they could interact with the fans. They could sign some shit. It would be a blast. Jeremy, hand has, has, has that. I'm saying, <laughs> Jeremy, over at the Hokie Village, there is a massive amount of space yeah. up there. And I've said to Brian, I'm like, that's the spot. And you really yes. want to do something cool. Raffle off yes. or sell tickets to fans to say, would you like to go hang out with some of the hokey legends? Hundred dollars, you can have an hour with them. You know how many fans would be like, "Here you go." Exactly. That—that's what you do. Sergio's at Christiansburg. Come on, let's <laughs> do some stuff here. And Sergio's chomping at the bit to try to do some things. These are like, layups, man. They—they they are missing. I know this layout. is not hard to do, and it feels like there's a huge disconnect with with a lot of things that are going on and these obvious things that we can do. This is not hard. These are things that are suggested and they're just like, yeah, like they can't Sounds good. And it moves on. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, man. Hamden Sydney has a former player tailgate every week for those that want to attend it. Hamden fucking yeah. Sydney, division three football, yeah. Hamden Sydney 
if I wanted to go there, there's free food for me every damn Saturday. <laughs> Man, and you don't even have to do much. Have fucking have just like dishes from the dining halls. I would eat that up. Man, you don't even have to do that much. Bring out some fucking fantastic Frank's London bro, all that shit that everyone's like, just like, yes. I would fucking love to have some London bro. Right? Bring that out. Do that at the tailgate. Have all the old hokey favorites. People like me would eat that up. Yes. People like us would love that shit. If that you is, had, if this you had is like, not hard. If you had guys like Serge there, Davon Morgan, you know, and to us, those were big players. Hey. To the entire other world, it's, well, Tyrod was good in the Edmonds and, you know, Vic and, like, motherfucker, like, guys, like, oh, God, um, like, Sergio, I'm trying to think, freaking, Jake Grove. Like, bring these guys in. And you see, our boy Alonzo Tweedy. Oh, we, we worked with Tweedy's dad. Awesome. Yeah. And his dad is hilarious. Like hilarious. Um, but it's like those easy things where you ask a Virginia Tech fan, I'll ask you, Jeremy. You think of Alonzo Tweedy, what's the first play you think of? Wait, what? <laughs> the name Alonzo Tweedy. Yeah. What's the first play you think of when you think of Alonzo Tweedy? Fuck, dude, you put me on spot. <laughs> I'm going to take you back. Go to 2011 against Miami. The last tackle, Tweety made that tackle. Oh, fuck. He I'll made that. I never even realized that. Well, the only reason we do, like, it, stuck, it always sticks in my mind as we work with his pops. Yeah. You know that piece of, there are places, there are players like that like I could tell you right, like I could say, who's your most random ra- random hokey? That my only, favorite random? Yeah, just random, random hokey. hokey. Yeah. Oh man, Nikki Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nikki. She's one of my favorite people. Um, but uh, my favorite random hokey player. Yeah. If I were to pick one, ish, that is hard. That is really really hard. Honestly, I would I would go into basketball. I would say Chris Clark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like that. He was. I absolutely love Chris Clark because I loved his grit. He was not our best player ever. Mm-mm. He was absolutely amazing, and he he just stuck with me. And of course, we have our football players. I mean, uh, I love clowning, like, but yeah. uh, you got to think it's it's hard to think of. Random players. We put so many people in the league from my day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's like a little random. Rough. Random for us is like okay. Well, they were at least on a practice squad for a yeah. year or two. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> David Tony, what Hyman, Josh Morgan, freaking Bo Warren. That's the center yeah. I was trying to think of. Not Jake Gross. <laughs> Bo Warren. Brett Bowden. But it's like. How tough is it to get these guys together? But how tough is it for the athletic department to simply go up and say, let's create a position, pay the person $65,000 a year. This is your job. You will attempt to connect with every Hokie football alumni, and you will create events here on campus during Dane Day, and then create events throughout the state during the year to get these guys together and talk and bring them up. Y'all know how many fucking needless jobs they have on campus? 
<laughs> they can afford that. Trust me. I, know I work the, for VCU. I know exactly how many they have on campus. <laughs> exactly. And I want them to have as many jobs as possible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they can afford a little extra for alumni outreach. Exactly. Specific to our former players. And I know Sergio would do it. He's dying to do it. Get Sergio to do it. I think Dwight would do it, but I also don't think Dwight would leave the 757 right now. Yeah, Dwight's not going to leave. He's got a lot going on there. But you know what? And I love Dwight Vick. Dwight Vick is fucking awesome. He is awesome. And we are going to have everything he does. I, I, I applaud. I love that man. We're going to attempt to have him on sometime probably next month to talk about everything just because he is a, yeah. You know, but why, why couldn't you just say we'll make Serge the primary? We'll let Dwight run. I, I, you said 757. Is Dwight in 757 or is he in Nova? He I think he lives in Nova, but he's got a lot of his, uh, the stuff he works with is in 757. Oh, I thought he was still in the 757. That's why, because he had all the, uh, he has like victory life and everything. Yeah. yeah, I he think is. that that's still in the 757, but I think he lives in Nova, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Okay. You tell me you couldn't stroke him a check for 25000 a year to do that part-time? To go okay. create the yeah. Man, I'd give him 1000 a month just to do that shit. And that's just me. I know other people would, too. <laughs> what are you going to do, Jeremy? You're going to create your own, uh, what is it, the 501Ks? Is that the non-profit? Let, let's, let's create a pledge fund and then just let... No, no. I, I love my accountant, but I, I, I'm not going to put that on him to fucking run a <laughs> nonprofit for me. That is a headache. I'm not doing that to him. You keep drinking more of that uh, whiskey over there. I bet we can convince you to by the end of the program. <laughs> well, I'm about to be a fifth right now. So. Ah. All right. So. Getting low. Getting low. All right. So we got that shit. What's the vibe? What was the vibe in town? The last, I'd say after Thanksgiving, was was pretty much the folks there saying, well, we're going to have a new coach. You know, good guy. Yes. Was that the vibe? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty much straight up. Uh, literally, that's all it, everyone was talking about. It was, yeah. And I, it it's not even just like randos coming in and talking to me. You all know, like, everyone in the know knew it was happening. Yeah. It was, it was all over Twitter. It was all over message it all boards. Over. It was all over word of even mouth. Counting, even counting all the noise out, everything else, everyone in the know that you all know, that yeah. I know, the people that aren't out there tweeting about this stuff or talking, they were saying the same thing. I was hearing the same thing from people. That's just what I thought we were going to do. And don't get me wrong. I... I don't want this to happen. No. Because I want Thu to be the greatest coach to ever be because I think he's a great coach and I think he is a good person. Well, have you ever I had want him to succeed. The problem is, is I don't think he can here. I think it's a bad fit. And I think he could go somewhere else and do that. But I think he came into a bad situation. I think he came into a place where the infrastructure was not there to give him the talent he needed because I don't think he is a great recruiter, but I think he is an excellent coach once he has them. So you're essentially saying he's not a guy that can go in. He he needs help getting them in the building. Once they're in the building, 
Straight. He can do. He can do some action. We all see the video no. from Saturday night. What I'm saying is, once they're players and he's coaching them, he's going to be a great coach. Okay. That is what I'm saying. He's going to put them in situations. Thing is, is he has to know his limitations. Yeah. I think he's good. I think what he did in 2016, 2017 shows that he knows what he's doing. Yep. The problem is. I think he has to have people around him to do a lot of things for him. He can't be the person to go out and sell the program. Even though I like him personally, everyone likes him personally. I don't think he's that charismatic person to go out. He's the polar opposite of Dabo. But also, I think he's five billion times the coach Dabo could ever fucking dream of being. Because Dabo Sweeney's nothing but a fucking charlatan. Uh, channeling or funneling money through a goddamn church. That's all he fucking is. Fuck Dabo Sweeney. And he used that shooting to fucking negatively recruit us, and I'll take that against him to the day I fucking die. Fuck Dabo. Touche. So who's the guys you think that can sell the program right now that are on our staff? Tap. 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 Yeah, I'm thinking Tap, Jay Ham. Jay Ham's um, great. Both of those guys are charismatic. I'm counting. Jay Ham, plenty is Jay Ham in high school. He was uh, yeah. nasty, <laughs> but uh, I was uh, a freshman when he was a senior, and Jay Ham was—I I was one of those freshmen. I was good enough to get in the game just a little bit. <laughs> Man, he was good. Yeah, no one could do anything with him. He was a running back back then. Yep. Yeah, it's just one of those freak athletes that just—you nah, couldn't do anything with him. <laughs> Uh, my cousin Rob, who was also a freak athlete, but he he uh, he swatted Jay Ham in basketball, and that that will always stick with me because Rob was only like <laughs> I think he was a sophomore at the time. <laughs> career highlight right there. Yeah, I, oh no, Rob had a lot of career highlights. That was just one of those things that uh, <laughs> it was fun. Hey, let me ask this: um, Have you met? Like Fuente's been there, and this staff, majority of them have been there five years. Have you had any interactions with them? I mean, hell, you're in town every fucking day and all weekend most times. I honestly can't talk about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Give me a few words to Witt's press conference on Monday. Shit show. Tuesday. Clusterfuck. <laughs> <Fluster fuck. laughs> good by comparison. In particular. That struck you wrong? <laughs> mm, anything in particular? Uh, yeah. So, Wit has been pushing the drive for 25 forever. It's like, all right, drive 25. Get this going. Get this donor going. Small donors don't really matter. <laughs> what? That was the most UVA bow tie wearing bullshit I've fucking ever heard of in my life. We're trying to build a goddamn small donor base, and you come out being like, well, the people who complain are a small donor. Shut like, the fuck up. Come on, Wit. You're better than that. I know he's better than that. He's smarter than that. Come on. I know, no problem with I know he's bad. saying he missed smoke. He, yeah. he misspoke. He it was prepared comments, fire. though. That was the prepared comments. I know. Section. It was prepared comments. <laughs> He's like, oh, we didn't get the, yeah, you didn't get the tone or the context. It was pretty goddamn clear. I was watching it. 
You, you know okay. what irritated me? That pissed me off. But you know what pissed me off more? Well, you can't just do this and just tear it down. Well, you dumb fuck. Excuse me, if you like with. <laughs> I think he's good. You dumb fuck. You saw what just happened in the portal. You have a three and nine season. It's not going to be torn down. It's going to be burnt down, and there's going to be no structure there, and we're going to have to figure out what the fuck to do. He actually brought it up in the press conference that, well, if we get rid of him, we're not going to have half our players. Motherfucker, <laughs> look what's going on right now. Did you see today? <laughs> Jesus goddamn Christ. Not the players that were sitting third and fourth string on the bench. We lost yeah. Handy. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's what I didn't get. Like, he saw what was happening on Twitter. He saw what the record was this year. He saw the former players chiming in. He saw all of this stuff. This oh, year, no, he didn't it's expect just mob. It's just he, the mob. He, he didn't expect any attrition. He was like, oh, well, we'll just have the standard attrition this year. No. That no. Is there is no way they're starting quarterback. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeremy, when he said some of this. He had shit, a starting he, lineman today. Hmm. Yeah. Jeremy, you. When, you, when he said some of this shit, dude, you're you're stroking him checks, right? Pharmacy sponsors, right? That, that yes. That's you. a different relationship, though. You got to understand, it does get me. You got to I believe in Virginia Tech athletics all across the board. And Witt has done a fantastic job with everything he has touched, except football. All right. That is the thing. That is the trade-off. Witt is goddamn good at his job. He's just, I don't know what's going on with football. I don't know why this is happening. That's the thing is we've got a great athletic de- uh, uh, athletic department overall. We need more funding. And we a great director. And we've got a, we've got Fu, who is a great coach. But we're not getting the results we want in football. So there are infrastructure issues. There are funding issues. There are a lot of issues. I don't give a fuck. Make it work. Jesus fucking Christ. The thing that pisses yeah, me off the money, most. Give the money. You know how much fucking money Virginia Tech has? <laughs> Maybe not build an additional goddamn dorm over there. Maybe actually funnel it into one of our cash cows. That's important to our fucking culture. Yeah, I understand Sands wants us to be a fucking Big Ten school, but you know what? I don't really fucking care. That's his Big Ten school. You don't have to you do this huge thing where we bring all in the students. You're not going to have a bunch of students want to come here if we don't have a culture. Who the fuck would want to come and just, like, go to a college that don't have a culture? Can we show Sands the enrollment figures going up and up and up? Relative to the football success, can I we think just show him that? <laughs> I think he needs to see it. There were two booms. There was a boom in '95. My cousin went to Tech in the late '80s. My sister got into Tech. That's a really long story. <laughs> the '95 boom, when we went to Sugar Bowl, and then the '99 yeah. boom. It was the. It went from like nice steady growth to whoop, and it's like. Well, first of all, I'm gonna let Brian say this. You know Tim Stans thought on college football, right? And oh, I know it. I know it. Thing is, is I don't know Sands personally, so it's hard for me to make a lot of statements or judgments 
on anyone when I don't know them or their thought process because I'm a fair-minded person. So it's burning. The the college football bubble is going to burst. He said that, what, six years ago, Brian? Seven years ago? I want to say – I thought it was six. So so 2014, he said, well, the college football – football bubble is going to burst with the revenues um what what did, did he just not see the sec get a 55 million dollar per school contract with fucking exactly Disney? i i don't think he quite understands um even if there are attendance issues across the board uh there's still a lot of goddamn tv money yep. and that tv money and there's still a lot of culture that brings kids in to want yep, to come here Yes, Kids is. don't want to go to a boring ass school. No. I I don't know what to tell him, but anyone can go and get a degree fucking anywhere now. Yep. They can sit at their house and get a damn degree. The reason that kids go to college is the college experience. Yes, sir. You're paying a premium for it, and you're going, you're getting the fucking experience, and you're getting a better education, and you're you're getting everything that you want. But your education, you're going by leaps and down, you're expanding your horizons, you're meeting new people, you're doing things. Exactly. You have to have the culture. I know you grew up out in the far west part of the state. We grew on the south side part of the state. We grew up in the southwest. South, deep southwest. (laughs) We're deep southwest. We're we're middle south. We grew up in small communities that. For us going to college and getting those experiences and meeting people, you know. You know and I know that if we stayed in our hometowns, we would never have the opportunity ever to get there, to do those sort of things, to meet those sort of people, to go to game days, to have these experiences. That's why. And if you're taking a turn on a blind eye to not thinking that six, seven times a year when there's a game and when there's a big game, there's 120,000 people. If that's his view and you said you've never personally met him, I'd like to have a conversation with him and saying, what do you think? Because education is important. Don't get me wrong. Yes, they I don't think he's quite getting it and I'm not sure he will. But we come from these small towns and I came here because. I, I actually came from a group of uh, people that were UVA fans, believe it or not, back in, in deep southwest Virginia. My family were a bunch of UVA fans because they had, quote, unquote, UVA college it was. And that's where my family went, like in undergrad. <laughs> okay. And oh, they're all tech fans now. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the thing is I came here because my cousin Rob came up here and uh, he was like, dude, you got to plus – Michael Vick was my first college football game, and that was awesome. <laughs> Michael Vick fucking stomping UVA. He came out and, like, I, I also, my first NFL game was Michael Vick versus Peyton Manning, two of my favorite quarterbacks ever. Holy hell. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but, uh, Michael Vick, when he can like, if you've not seen him throw a pass in person, it's a fucking laser. Like, he, there's no – there's no air under the ball. It's just a yeah. fucking laser right there. It's amazing. But There's no arm motion either. It's a flick. It's just fuck. Yeah. Shuck. It's like a Wolverine's claws coming out. Stick. Exactly. <laughs> Where'd it go? But that was a part of the culture was Rob came here and Rob full on was just like, Jeremy, 
this is an amazing place to be in college. You need to come here. And I was like, of course I need to fucking go there, Robs. Like, this sounds great. <laughs> sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, do we think that Sands really understands the impact? And we'll think about it from, from your perspective. Like, the economic impact of game day weekends. Like, just the potential that's there and the fact he that it's not being maximizing at this point. He understands it because he sees the numbers, but I don't think he quite gets it. Okay. I mean, has he, ever, has he ever went out into the tailgates, into the downtown area when there is a game day and literally the streets are packed, bustling people in and out of all of the shops, people in and out of all of the restaurants, people paying mean, to park wherever they can park. I want to say yes, but because it's hard to avoid, but it's one of those things where I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he has to have, but you imagine, yeah. he's a prominent figure out there, out and about. I I don't want to make a lot of judgments on Sands and his character because I don't personally know. Okay. But it's that's not something I will do. You all know me. I will get fired up and I will give my opinion on literally anything, but I will reserve my opinion when it comes to quite a bit of things that I don't quite know. Well, we're with you. We're with you for Duente. Don't don't get us wrong. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good human being. I think I want want a third person. Um, But also you hear people, you know, up here in RVA, we have David Teal, you know, great sports writer for so many years in Virginia. And he says, if you step in the office with him, he's so different. And you yeah. feel like if, if the food that is just getting that one-on-one sitting down in a chair with you, you even feel like if you got him in front of the donors like that, that they would just be like, just keep stroking him checks. Like he's like, it's just everybody, every single person that I've ever heard talk about him in a smaller situation. It's just yeah, like, that's right. It just he's a great guy. Now I lost my train of thought there because I was looking at my beard. Well, that is part you were, of you were talking about how good of a person Fu was. I mean, are, are, are we talking about yeah. the? Uh, is, is he? I think I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and it's something. Our program's too closed off. That I'm gonna say this. You damn Our right. Program's too closed off. Back in the day, Beamer, it was it was just wide open. Like that's what I was kind of expecting. I mean. My pharmacy started up in 2016. <laughs> like, oh, that's no. all I knew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Man. Can correct that this year? Because it's obviously, it was addressed in numerous people asked with. And it's one of those things where it's, well, how much do you come open? Well, A, I'd like to hear from you and your coordinators every week. But I'd like to hear from you on the radio in the markets where you're fan base is located. I'd like to hear you on ESPN Blacksburg. I'd yes, like to hear you ESPN Blacksburg. I listen to The Drive every day with Paul Van Wagner and Andrew Alex and Nathan Brennan. I absolutely love all three of them. I also get shit-faced drunk with those people. <laughs> they are some of my favorite people. They also have one of the best radio shows out there. Yep. I absolutely love them, and people who don't listen to them need to listen to The Drive because they are awesome. But they uh, have had issues in the past, not so much with Fu. Uh, they had a lot of problems with Buzz. They <laughs> Buzz <laughs> but here's the thing, Jeremy. Why doesn't he go in there for a 
15-minute hit. He could even pre-record it with them every week. Why doesn't he do that in Richmond? Why doesn't he do that in the 7-5? Why doesn't he do that in Nova? Why doesn't he do that up and through the out the valley? See, that's I think the thing they think that part. open it, dude. You've got to get yourself out there. And then the other pieces will be like during spring, open the scrimmages for people in town and for the students. You can open it for 30 minutes at the end. People would come with the people on the field. It's the easy thing. The thing is, is people are thinking, well, you have to do all these things. Do the easiest stuff. You do the easiest stuff. Yes. People will Maybe. be happy. Yeah, just take the layups. Take the layups. Take the fucking layup. See, yeah, I, I mean, think in their mind, the when they do the pressers and whenever they do uh, Lays' show and everything else, that is good enough. Okay. And I, I think a lot of our problems have been us thinking what we are doing is, quote, unquote, good enough. Kind of like the you know, high school situation we have in – 804 and 757 that we've burned several bridges in some of the more prominent high schools in those areas. That is one thing I'm going to defend the coaching staff on. Okay. I don't give a fuck about these head coaches and these quote unquote trainers and these fucking prima donnas and all their bullshit. No, I know good and well, it's a pay to play thing. And I know good and well that a lot of people were demanding a lot of money just to talk to those kids. Fuck them. Fuck all those coaches and fuck their trainers. Fuck all of them, because guess what? Whenever you're asking $100,000 just to continue talking to your five-star son, no, go to hell. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. No, they're sitting around trying to, oh, you need to recruit more. You're going to send him out of state anyway. What the fuck do you care? You're just trying to push your third-tier athletes on us. No, fuck you and fuck all them. No, I'm not hearing that. That entire recruiting – Bridges burnt things. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're not Clemson. I'm sorry we didn't get down in the mud too much. You know, maybe we should have. Maybe we fucking should have. But also, fuck all those coaches and fuck those trainers. I, I will say this is a bigger problem in 757 than it is in the other parts. Of, the of course it is. 757, dirty as shit. <laughs> you know it. I know it. I do knows. know it. Yeah, I definitely know it. Because <laughs> they got a bunch of athletes and they have found out a way. This is any industry ever. They have found out a way to put someone in between these kids and their opportunity. And someone has found a way to monetize it. They have found a little industry there where they're going to make a bunch of money. Yep. And I want to see all of those fuckers wrecked because they are hurting the schools in state. They are hurting these kids in a lot of ways because they send them off to programs that are just paying for access. They don't do anything with these kids. How how many kids are you seeing like going off? And these are high ranked athletes. They don't do shit. That has been the thing since what? about It started with the seven, five, seven, um, seven on seven. Uh, but I want y'all to follow me through these last three days. Just follow me. Yep. We had the buildup, the huge buildup. We knew it was happening. Yeah. You knew it was happening. I knew it was happening. We knew it was happening. Leak on Twitter. And now what's that fucking guy's name? Uh, Brett McMurphy. McMurphy. The one McMurphy we leaked out. Uh, McMurphy leaks out. Hey, we keep it food. The fuck? What? <laughs> I know. 
They're all sitting around like, what the (laughs) fuck is happening? Because literally, we had a month's worth of all our sources burned to the ground in one tweet. And we were all in denial. And we were like, no, no, no. Well, there's no way that much information is is false. Yeah, I know. Like, we're like, no, that's not happening. Well, I think the first thing we thought is Wood would have said something like Sunday afternoon or Monday morning if we were keeping Who him. Who calls a press conference to give that shitty press conference? <laughs> None of it makes sense. All right, so we get that. That's Monday. Then we get, well, A, we're still skeptical. Like, maybe they really fucked it up and they kept we, I was skeptical until the Tech Talk Live uh, had food coming. I was like, oh, no. He's saying he, he wouldn't go I to TikTok that, live just when to get I saw him for TikTok. I was like, "Huh?" We're and, and then they got uh they got Mike Young in there too, and I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing." <laughs> <laughs> blocker, blocker. <laughs> All right. So then Tuesday, the Whip Press Conference, which was a shit show. There's no way to hide it. It was a shit show. Whit knows it was a shit show. We don't have to sugarcoat this. It was a shit show. It was. Yeah. He that admitted was it was a shit show after the fact. He admitted he it, it was a shit show. Right after. But it, I you know, love wit. I want bit. that to be clear. I love wit in so many ways. I disagree with some of wit's things recently, but I love wit. I also love Foo, and I want that to be clear. That press conference was awful. That was a shit show train wreck. That was actually a train wreck hauling manure. That was awful. He came out. Honestly, if he would have came out and just like took a shit on stage and walked off, that would have been better. Yeah, I I was telling her, I was like, if he came out and said, fuck y'all, he's staying, and then walked off, that would have been better. I would have actually respected that more. But no. More though about Tuesday was I think, okay, he's going to stay. Cool. You're going to set his expectations, right? Nine wins. We want to be back in the ACC title hunt. We're going to do these facilities. We want recruiting to get better. And instead, it was just kind of like he knows what he's got to do. Did you tell him? Well, he knows what he has to do. Did you tell him? I don't think you told him what he needs to do to do this fucking job. Because it doesn't seem like to me sitting here listening to this and reading this that he has any idea what he's supposed to do. See, my problem with Fu is – I I started feeling like he was out of his depth during the Baylor bullshit. Uh, mm. Whenever Baylor was talking to him, and he goes back to Witt, and he was just like, "Hey, look at how many resources Baylor has, and how much they're pumping into this." Motherfucker, we pay you millions a year to know how to run a P5 program. <laughs> run the goddamn program! Like, come on, how do you not know this is going on? But also, Witt should know that too. Uh, so it's frustrating it's frustrating and i like these people but it's frustrating yeah to, to me the whole wit thing it felt like he was coming out there and lecturing us on why we were wrong instead of saying here's why i think i'm right well no, yes, no, he was also doing from prepared statements and i'm not going to get into all of why or all the back things but hey i, I i'm not going to speculate because I've speculated enough for the day, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to speculate that much. If you want to come out and he wants to say, I don't think we gave 
this coaching staff, well, A, it's only one side of the coaching staff you hadn't given a fair shake to this year because there's only, you know, one, two, three, four, five coaches that have not been here but one year approximately say that. But we we dehumanize. We need to humanize somebody. Well, guess what? They don't let the guy talk. Let him talk. Let him talk. I'm talking about corn. You want to humanize these people? Then guess what? Every week you should write down and say, you have to talk. You have to talk. Y'all send one positional coach out and players out. See, your, yeah. You and, all and, actually know. I was apologizing for corn. I was actually very pro corn at the beginning of the season. Our offense was rolling. Everything was going pretty well. I was, I was fully bought in. The the problem I have with corn in general is not so much the design of the offense or the plays. It's the situational play calling. Yes. But it's hard for me. It's hard for me to actually, because if it happened to work, ah, yeah, great. He's a genius, which (laughs) no one I think ever called him, but It, I'm, I have a hard time criticizing play calling because I think that is like the lowest hanging fruit whenever you yeah. win things. It is overall production that I care about, and I was very pleased at the beginning of the season, but it became so apparent that we were having issues that it's it, – the thing about corn is it's not even so much the question of play calling or anything else. I'm sure he's a great person. I'm sure he is a little more cerebral and likes to think his offenses and people who criticize him for running a simple offense. That's how most offenses are like granted you tend to run six to seven plays. You just do them out of different formations. I mean, corn decided to cut the middle man, just do them out of one formation, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But my biggest criticism of him was him just not seeming to fucking care. Yeah. That that got me this year. Can I say this? I think us three, any part of Hokie Notion, hopes Wit's right. And anybody, oh, I definitely hope Wit's right. I hope Wit's right. I hope that one year from now, I get to say, well, fuck, Wit was right. We're Going to playoff, or we're going to the Rose Bowl. We're going. We crushed it. He 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 nailed it. And I think there are too many people out there that don't want him to be right. And that is the issue. If you don't want the guy to be right, then you need to leave. You can criticize. You can give your logical explanation why you don't think it'll work. That's that's acceptable. Yep. But if you're sitting here saying, well, I don't want him to be right. Well, if you don't want him to be right, you're not a hokey, and you need to leave the fan base and don't come back. Ever, because you you're actually not a real fan. You care more about being right than your team being good. If you and if you do that shit, then fuck you. You you don't care about your team. And that's I agree with that. that's my biggest thing with some people. I want Wit to be right. I want Food to be the best fucking coach to ever exist. And I think he is a great coach. I really really do. I think he came to us who was in a bad situation to to actually give a coach like Thu the infrastructure that he needed. It was a bad fit. That's what I think. Yeah. 
and now we have to build the fit. The problem is, is we've lost a lot of our momentum and credibility in the along yeah. the way. And yeah. so has Fu, and so has our program. So now we are building from the ground up. We're building from the and ground up. And, and I, so see, didn't make I the see what Wim was saying, how this was year one. I do see this. Because if you actually look at it with a reinvestment into football and yeah. how we're trying to do it, it is a rebuild from year one. I get that messaging. I don't agree with that messaging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is that if like the thing that this program hasn't done historically is striking on infrastructure fronts while you have the capital to do so, whether it's yeah. literal capital or whether it's brand capital. Virginia Tech can afford whatever Virginia Tech wants to afford. Anyone talking about anything? No, they have they have more money than most like small cities. It's <laughs> they can do whatever they want if they really want to. They just got to move the money where it needs to be. Got to move the money. Yes, exactly. They have to allocate it. You're gonna throw some at me because I'm gonna talk corporate America because that's what I work in. And Brian worked with me for a while. Occasionally in corporate America, the people who are making the money who are crushing it. They see the benefits. They see the updates in technology. They see the biggest pay raises where the other sectors don't. Football is the biggest sector of the Virginia Tech Athletic Department. And what's happened is we haven't dumped the money into it. Because if you dump the money into it, it's going to produce. Now, yes. what really the problem is, is we got spoiled with we've got spoiled with Beamer. You got to understand. Yeah. Beamer, no. Bud, and everyone else, we got spoiled. We got behind. We fell fucking behind. We Ooh. got way behind. We were used to our name. Our goddamn fucking assistant payroll used to be fourth in the fucking country when you started school. And yep. when we were freaking juniors and sophomores. Kevin Jones came to us. Came to <laughs> us and said, I want to play for you. We one didn't one. even recruit him. 1-1 one, one came. The best player in the country came, and he, and he lived up to the billing. Tyrod Taylor was the top dual threat quarterback in 2007. Tyrod is the best Hokie to ever put on a uniform. Oh, God. Here we go. I love Tyrod. I love Tyrod, too. We, we had the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of all Everything. Also, Tyrod would show up to the tailgates I was telling you about. If he was in town, he'd go right there. You know why? Because Tyrod cares about this school. Tyrod cares about people. Tyrod is a good person. He is the embodiment of Uprosum. He he is. You know why? Because he could own the San Diego Chargers right now and he decided not to. <laughs> that awful shit. What the fuck? I bought a fucking San Diego Chargers. He knew it was an accident. He knew that he could have probably sued that guy and literally been a half billionaire without even a blink. He didn't because he knew it was an accident. Uh, I'll get into this and I got called out for it on Twitter by people that don't quite understand that I know what I'm talking about. But um, they were talking about, oh, his uh, collective bargaining agreement says that he can't do this or that. That doesn't matter when it comes down to negligence. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, he he could have, but it's also a steep slope to try to prove reckless negligence on a doctor. Yep. On game day, who's trying to take care? It's a steep. That would have been very hard to prove. They would have had to been like, 
All right, we uh we tested this doctor, and he was positive for meth, and <laughs> yes, that would have had to happen. So that's yeah, Tyros not going to take that hit, challenging that. But no, no, not 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 at all. Wasn't worth it. Him. Move on. Move on. Well, this wouldn't be a problem if the Bills wouldn't have fucked him. Fuck the Bills fan base. I'll say it right now. I hate yep. that fan base. Bench for Nathan Peterman. Bench for Nathan Peterman. Negative fan. I'll never forget that game. And then they're like, hey, Tyrod, do you want to come in and save us? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? And he did. He took the Bills to the playoffs. He should go yeah. to the for that when it was like the first time in like they should build a fucking statue to Tyra on that goddamn town. I'm so mad at them. All right, we're gonna move because I'm gonna ask you something. We've got a couple questions and then you get to pick games with us in a little while here. All right, right. so first of all, for you, what are your three top games you've ever been to? Oh, that's three football games. I'm gonna say. One of my favorites, it's it's a weird random one, was uh, West Virginia my freshman year. Wait, uh, we played West Virginia in 04. I was shirtless. I got on ESPN because it was freezing cold, and I was just drunk as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was up there in the north end zone, and I was going wild. And uh, they got me. I was actually doing my little alcohol. The, I was doing that, and they got the ESPN doing that, but it looked like I was blowing my hands. Like I was cold. You look like you were really cold. No, I'm, I'm doing that. I wasn't that cold. I was too drunk. Uh, West Virginia, by the way, if you did not know, Brian Randall, the quarterback of the Virginia Tech Okies, yeah. his brother was Brian Siegler's RA his, in 2004. <laughs> Wait, yep. it was what? <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Randall's older older brother was my RA at Hamden Sydney. <laughs> he played basketball what at Hamden Sydney. Fuck, does that make sense? <laughs> it's right. I love Brian Randall, by the way. He's Brian Randall's awesome. <laughs> yes. That oh, sugar bowl right here. Oh my god. All right, that's that three. Sugar bowl was awesome. My first trip to New Orleans was that year. Oh, what a good time. <laughs> Uh, Hand grenades everywhere. You didn't even need a fake ID. There you go. <laughs> 04 WVU, Jeremy's a freshman, drunk North End Zone, shirtless, making it on TV. What's two? Two? I'm actually going to say two is the UNC game last year. Oh, yeah. That was epic as shit. The thing is, it was on multiple levels. And it doesn't matter as far as overall wins or anything else. It felt like I was back in old lane again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can feel that. Like everyone, it was fucking wild. Everyone was just tuned in. Everyone was going crazy over everything. And then what do I hear in the distance? Stick it in. Motherfucker. Do you know what that did to us? People do not understand, especially Weaver did not understand that 
music hits us in a certain way. Does. And that coming through in that moment, oh my God, what a way to reintroduce it. Thing is, is there were a lot of kids there that didn't quite know. What Stick it in. <laughs> but there were so many others that did. And they were like, what are y'all doing? And we're just like, motherfucker. We're doing this is a shot of adrenaline. <laughs> I was like hoisting Emily up, like just like fist pumping all over the shit. <laughs> like, it was great. What's, your, what's the, the game that you've attended at as a Virginia Tech football fan that just sticks out above all the others? Oh, I've done them in reverse. Ah. Okay. WV, okay, so WVU is one, Carolina two. What was number three? Number three, at Lane. If I'm putting on the spot, I'm going to have to say the Miami game. When we played inner Sandman right there, when Jacoby Harris was just put down by your boy, by <laughs> your boy, that was insane. <laughs> These people are losing their minds. Mind. Also, I want you all to note something. Besides the first one I gave, two of those were in years that we didn't have to be all that great. It's true. Very true. All we want, we want our culture. We want our environment. We want it rocking. We want it crushing. And, but you also, your number one, your number one was when the culture was when the environment motherfuckers were scared to drive down 81 and you got into the mountains and the smoke's rolling off. It's yeah. rolling off. And you go in there. And I'm getting chills thinking about it because we did it at Pitt. And me and Brian are driving. And you can see it rolling. And you know they're coming from Roanoke. And they start weaving. And they start weaving. And then it's always the wall. Always consider it the wall of Virginia Tech as you take the exit to 460. Yep. Fucking wall. And then you start going back there. And the road gets a little smaller. And then as you we start. made it a little better. Get a little smaller. Those years, that stadium, I had a girl that went to wife, that went to college with me and my wife, huge Penn State fan. Parents went to Penn State, always went up there. She went to Lane one time, and when she came back, she said, that's fucking louder than Beaver. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. A lot louder. That's what we want. Penn State, want fuck Penn State. They shouldn't even have a fucking football program. Fuck them. They did the absolute worst thing you could ever actually do. Like the the only way they could make it worse was if Jerry Sandusky were eating he was eating children after the fact. That's the only way it could be worse. And they still have a football program. Money speaks. Yep. Fuck well, Penn State. Fuck them. They should not have a program. Jesus Christ. Cincinnati hadn't lost a game, and they threw them underneath two lost teams. And Ohio State played like four games this year. Well, they're the third best team in the country. How do you know they played four games? Well, when you start when you start them number two and to start the year, regardless of when they start playing, mm. y'all ain't hey, been to Columbus. Pole bias is real. Never been been. It sucks. <laughs> Fuck the <laughs> shoe. <laughs> It's like, so sad. like right. I, I used to go up there for Rock of the Range and just like fucking get shit faced and listen to metal, but 
man, I'd have to go up to Columbus, and Columbus is a shit city. I don't know why kids want to be around fucking Columbus. I have more fun here in Blacksburg. Fuck that place. So let me ask this, Jeremy, as you finish pouring your uh, cup off there. What record should save Fuente and Witt's job next year? Win-loss. Matters who we're winning and losing to, to be honest. That's a good answer. That's that's actually similar to what I would say if I, if I had to give an answer on that. Because to me, if we can put out a competitive team that doesn't lose games that we shouldn't and can still be in the coastal conversation at the end of the season. If we put out a competitive team next year, it'll be a goddamn miracle. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. Raise a question then. What are you taking pitchforks to Merriman with then? If we lose two? The team up the street. Pitchforks <laughs> to Merriman. Boyd is wonderful, and he built a wonderful facility. But I would be quite upset if we had a few losses. Number one, EVA. But I hate to tell you all this. UVA is in a much better position next year. Yep. They are. They are. Much better. They've got a lot coming back on both sides of the ball. They've got a defensive foundation that they're building upon, and they've got an offense that is competent when they're not giving the ball away. Exactly. Let me look up our schedule. Uh, probably the team up the road from us is the team you don't want us to lose to. University of Richmond. <laughs> You have all. We don't beat Richmond. Come on. <laughs> but we've lost every other goddamn team in the state. So it's like it's Middle Tennessee, it's Richmond, it's motherfucker. West We're playing West Virginia. That's in right. Middle. I will not lose to West Virginia. I will not have the Black Diamond be lost. Man. We're, we're in a potential like next year where we could lose the cup and the black year. Literally all of our streets, all of everything is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I'm going to spiral. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a, a downward spiral that it's going to be hard to recover from. If, if we lose black diamond and the cup in the same year, Especially if you couple that with another loss or two that's bad. So Middle Tennessee, then West Virginia, and then Richmond. Okay, so we might win two. Then we go into <laughs> Notre Dame. Holy shit. And then Virginia. Why are we playing Virginia? They haven't they haven't built the full schedule out yet. Everything below oh, that is is PBA. Everything below that is so we're probably gonna open with an ACC team. We'll probably open. They'll probably give us UNC Labor Day week. Yeah. On the other hand, they'll take that back. They'll give us Syracuse opening weekend. At least it's time to carry your Fucking. I'm not losing to Notre Dame again. Motherfucker, are you serious? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on, on, Jeremy. Can we help you for your business? If we look when that date is, October 9th. See that date, October 9th? Yeah. Can you imagine going 5-0 and into that game and what that weekend would be like? How the fuck are we going 5-0? and It'd be nice. 
It's not going to happen. They put Syracuse and Georgia Tech early on the schedule. (laughs) That's the only way. All right, so either way, we're not very – all right, so we're coming we're coming forward. And we did Wits press conference, which was terrible. And then we went to Thu's press conference, which I was really happy about. And Thu actually got me going. It's amazing seeing Thu be Thu. And now, you know, the afterglow's done and I'm looking at this schedule and we're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of where we are, too. We we looked at the schedule. We looked at the pieces that we're losing. I mean, we can't lean on our running game with our, you know, first round left tackle headed to the NFL and okay. two guys that were supposed to be either starters or serious rotation players next the- year hitting the portal. Like you, you can't lean on your running game anymore. I mean, I, I, I feel like if we had some consistency with the offensive line, I'd feel good with Holston, Blackshear doing some other things, and some of the other guys we've got coming in. But well, with those pieces going away, and then with our quarterbacks leaving, it's going to be hard. So can can can, can okay? So Flu's press conference great. Wit suck. You look at the schedule. I mean, are we sitting? Do we get to invite you back a year from now, and you? Get to talk about a new head coach? No. Like our, yep. No. No. Even if we shit the bed and go four and eight, that won't do it. So you think we're at the point now where if it were if it wasn't this year, we're riding it out? We're riding it out for a couple of years. We had so many people transfer. We had. Everything else happened. The excuse next year will be we had a bunch of people transfer and COVID happened and we're in a down year. It'll be fine next year. Well, hold on. All the people transferring, and this is where I will stick up and I'll go right after somebody. It is your job to keep these players in the program. Coaches, it is your job. It is your job to figure out what motivates them to keep them in the program, not to put their name in the portal. We are the second most portal university in the last three years. The second most. Yes, and we have been on the good side. I have a feeling we're about to be on the bad side. So you think they're safe? I mean, I mean, are we going to look at are we going to look at like depression era poverty? In yes. 2022, are, are we? Are we, are we think I've been so upset? Okay, that's that's why. So you're you're thinking Rutgers level poverty coming? Yes. What can change it? A new coach. <laughs> yeah, but two years from now, Jesus Christ, which coach is going to take the poverty stricken team? We had our window. Our window was burned out. Wit fucked up. So we have, we have gotten to a point now where it's going to have to, as as Witt alluded to, we're going to have to burn it down to build it back up. Yep. Congratulations, guys. We're the little brother. Uh, we're poverty. 
welcome. It's not fun here, guys. This is not fun. No, it's not. It's not. This is not where we want to be. Not when, you, when you're someone like I'm not a negative person. No, you're not. Especially when it comes to our sports. I don't know how we rebound from this. I don't. I guess the only thing you can say is pray to God miracles happen and we win games. Now, nah, fuck that. We'll win games without miracles. <laughs> if we keep half of our offense. <laughs> so is the only literally hope is the defense goes mid 2000s. The offense sucks so bad that Whip can actually fire Fuente and then hire Ham as a head coach. Is this what you're telling me, Jeremy? This is your freaking vision? I mean, that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way they're operating right now. It's 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 looking rough. It's looking I rough. Bad for Ham because Ham is really really good at what he does. Yeah. yeah. He just he he got. Stuck in the worst place ever. It sucks. He got hired a year before he should have got hired in the position. A lot of shit. And we, we've mentioned it here numerous Not times. Not a year. Five years. Five years? No, I won't say five years. I won't say no, five. You see, five the way he you see the way he runs that press conference, man. He's not five years. Oh, no. Jay Ham is one of the best at running a press conference. Don't get me wrong. He's good at that. He can sell recruits and everything else. But he's five years out. You think he would have been better, like, put in the position as, like, recruiting coordinator in terms of, like, coaching staff, recruiting coordinator, a guy from the the coaching staff level working with those pieces, and then also that way he's more of a front-facing guy but not necessarily X's and O's on the field as much outside of his position? No, I think Jay Ham knows everything technically. All to shit. Okay. It's very good. The thing about a coordinator is they actually know have to know how to manage everything down through there. Jay Ham will run a good goddamn defense. He's good at what he does. He has a good mind for what he does. He just needs time to actually know how to adjust his people to get it to run the way he's envisions. That is the difference. Okay. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. He's going to be great one day. He's going to be a superstar. Guarantee that. Is he going to be our superstar in like three years? Because you're scared. See, Jeremy, because you live in there, you're putting this reality on me that essentially – Almost until the contracts are out, this is what we're stuck with. And it could be really bad versus where if you were to tell me, no, if we start next year, BOV is just going to kick wit to the side. They're going to get food to the side. And they're going to get a new AD and hire a whole new program. That's the scary piece. BOV is fluid. And a lot of people aren't happy. Aren't happy with that BOV. No. Because that's the piece that essentially, say what you want to say, that and the president still control the athletic department a ton. 
And if they're sitting there, especially this year, again, you mentioned it already. We've talked about it. There the winds were. The change was coming. Somebody was going to get hired. Somebody was going to get hired, and it was going to be one of those boots. I don't think Mayhull would lie to us. So you think that you think the BOV was completely on board, not counting the additional revenues in town. You, you have to see that, right? Oh, those people are smarter than me. I'm a simple the thing is game day revenue is not a big deal to me. Yeah. It's it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal to all of the people I represent. Yeah. What you got, Curtis? I, I, it's it's just one of those things where you again you feel like it's the truth that the fans, the the twenty five dollars or the people driving from Richmond a couple times a year don't own the program. The kids who are going there don't own the program anymore. Well, let's recalibrate. In a fun night here with Dr. Jeremy Counts. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast. We thank you, Jeremy, for joining us. No. I want to, I'm going to hang out with you all. Oh, we are. We are. Like we're four we're hours. We're like just consciousness. Actually, two. Actually, one. <laughs> My name is Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Follow us on Twitter. Facebook, subscribe on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. We always let our buddy Jason Long play us out. Catch him on Spotify and Apple Music. We thank you for listening. And Jeremy, we want you to finish this off. Let's go! Okay! Okay.